I'm going to ask you to turn in your Bible to Matthew 23, verse 37. Matthew 23, verse 37. this one verse of scripture for now Matthew 23 and 37 simply says O Jerusalem Jerusalem the one who kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to her how often I wanted to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings but you are not willing. Let me, just, let me just let you let this settle in just for a moment. The Lord speaking, when he's talking to Jerusalem, he's talking to all of Israel who had found a better way, who had, who had seen a better way, who had assumed, who had, had assumed a better way. And sometimes we, we've got to be careful we've got to be careful that we don't become so used to church that we don't follow after God. I don't want to be churched, really. I, don't, I, want, to be, I want to follow Him. I want to follow Him. And so He's speaking, and, and again, there's something my, my dad's always said, you've heard him oftentimes say, there's an O in front of it. There's, there's a reason for that. There's a, there's a weight. And also, he says it twice. If, I was, if I'm upset at, they're not in here so I can say it. If I'm upset at Rutley for something he did, like we have a nice pretty tree that we preserved on our property trying to make sure it stays there. It kind of arches over the driveway. And Rutley got a hatchet. Tara had the bright idea. We're going to give him a hatchet for his birthday. He's out in the country, Brother Moss. These boys need to know what it is to have a hatchet. John's like, that's not a good idea. I can see it in his eyes. Not the best idea. I kind of tend to believe what Brother Sean was just thinking. But Tara said, go cut something down. Get out of the house. You know, we don't, we don't let them just sit in there and just, we try not to anyway, just let them sit in there and rot their brains. He said, go out and cut something down. Well, he went straight to this pretty, beautiful tree. And he took that hatchet out and he started just thinking, I'm going to chop down this beautiful tree that had red tape around it when Mike Benson was clearing property that we said, please, leave this one. And he said, that one? We said, yes, that one. We told everybody, this is a pretty tree. Rutley's like, that's the one. That's the one I want. And I didn't look at him and say, oh, Rutley, oh, Rutley. I didn't say that. I said, what in the world were you thinking, bro? I'm about to knock you out. (laughs) You're never going to walk again when I'm done with you, bro. Luckily, we got him early. We didn't get him. Carlos, he didn't quite cut the tree down. He wasn't skilled enough yet. But the Lord's not approaching it that way. He's approaching it with a weight and a concern for where they're headed and what they're doing. And he's saying, oh, Jerusalem, oh, Jerusalem, or oh, my people, my people. Let me just read it one more time. He says, the one who kills prophets and stones those who are sent. You're missing out on what I've sent to you because it doesn't fit what you think it should be. It doesn't look like you think it should look. Let me ask you this. How many prophets have we killed and how many people have we stoned because it didn't fit what we thought it should look like? I know, I know it's a weighted question, 
But are you throwing them? Are you, are you, are you killing them off now? Are we doing that now? Are we, is, it, is it so much that we've, we've abandoned the reckless desire to follow him, that we've forgotten the power of following him, of waiting on him, desiring him? I can think about, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm kind of jumping forward. I'll pray in a moment. But I can think about the beginning of this, <clears throat> this church. I don't, I don't know. I wasn't here. But you have people like C.P. Kilgore who were traveling in a car. And they were, they were making their way through the south, Hot Springs and Malvern area. And they plant this church. This church was established in, what, 90, 1924? 21. 1921, we're 102 years old. Isn't that crazy to think about? My dad was here from the very beginning. I'm joking. That's a joke he would have made. I'm giving it back to him just for a moment. He would have gladly made that joke. He's like, yeah, hey, I remember it. I remember it well. Uh... 102 years old. They were, they were searching out and longing for the things of God. In the midst of crazy hatred, in the midst of divide, in the midst of a depression that was right there in front of them. People like my grandfather who was packed up in a car, not sure where to go. My grandmother said, where are we headed? He said, we're headed to Arkansas. And, and when, they, when they got to Northwest Arkansas, he said, we'll find a man. You've heard the story over and over, I know, but a man with an ax and a fork in the road. And they didn't know exactly what that meant. That just sounded like a horror movie, to be honest with you. Sounds like a bad recipe. You're a Pentecostal preacher. You're going to go out in the country, be at a fork in the road, and there's a man with an ax. I'm out. I'm out. And it was a Friday night, but no, I'm just joking. But, uh, but no, that's what we're going to do. And she says, okay, here we go. And so they follow after him. And to be honest with you, many prophets have been killed since because, I'm talking about in the spirit, because we've not allowed God to lead us in such a way. And the Lord is saying to us, oh, Jerusalem, oh, Jerusalem, oh, my people, my people, oh, Arkadelphia, oh, Arkadelphia, wake up, wake up. I know it doesn't look like it looks in your mind but maybe I'm wanting to do something and he's saying you've killed prophets and you've stoned those who are sent to you and he goes on and again he says how often I wanted to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings Imar Dahan tells a story about uh, when he looked out and he saw 14 uh, when his, I'm sorry, his hen laid 14 eggs and, and protected those eggs for 21 days until they each hatched and her chicks were born. He told of a, of a time building a chicken coop for the hen and her chickens. And, and he said many days he would sit in his office and look outside the window and observe this hen and her chicks. And one day a storm came and the winds began to pick up. The hen began to sound her alarm, and the chicks gathered with her, with her in the coop. He said the winds grew so strong that they lifted up the coop from its foundation, and it went tumbling across the line, across the lawn. I'm sorry, it, it, it lifted up the shelter off of this this hen, and and it says now the hen and the chicks have no shelter. He explains that he fully expected them to fly away and be scattered abroad. He watched and he expected the worst of the worst. But he said that as he watched, 
the hen sat on that open lawn perched down in winds that would have blown a man to the ground. She was cemented to the ground, motionless, until the storm passed. The reality is, is that love made her immovable. The love for her, church, or her chicks. There was nothing that was going to move her. There was nothing that was going to... And the Lord speaks to that. The Lord says in Matthew 23 and 37, He says, I often, I wanted to gather your children together as hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you were not willing. You weren't going to let it happen. I was desiring to move in and show my love, but you weren't letting it happen. I was wanting to move in and exercise my might and my power, but you had another way, another route, another path. You decided to go that other path. You one of these things. And what he's saying is oftentimes I wanted in the middle of all the storms that were blowing, in the middle of all the, the mess that was happening, in the middle of all the crazy winds and the force that was lifting you up, I wanted to be there for you, but you wouldn't let me. You wouldn't let me. In Hosea's instruction, we find that the word of, of God is sure it's clear and it's right. And at times, however, you and I struggle with understanding God's voice in our lives. And I'm sure I'm sure this is where Hosea was um, in this understanding. God spoke to Hosea, and the first thing he ever said to Hosea was in Hosea 1 and 2, Go take to yourself a wife of harlotry. That's a line that he never thought he would hear. Never thought that was going to be a line that he would hear. I'm sure that you're like, oh, whoa. hang on a second. Let's talk again. And have children of harlotry. And for the Lord, I'm sorry, the land commits flagrant harlotry, forsaken the Lord. No one can truly tell why God would command such a thing. This woman, Gomer, was not what you and I would see as fitting for a young preacher. She was not what others would have chosen. She was not the path of the church, so to speak. She was not what you and I would say, this is it, but maybe God saw some good in her heart. Maybe he saw repentance and knew that she had great faith in Jehovah in the middle of the mess she was in. That's the reality I want you, just for a moment, I want to pause for a second and tell you that somebody doing something does not mean that's who they are. Sometimes they're caught up in mess. Sometimes they're caught up in the environment. Some kind, sometimes their, their, their life has been a life where, where it's almost like when, when I was a kid, Mark and I would go down to the roller uh, uh, rink with the neighbors sometime, and then we'd pray because we thought that was the worst thing in the world at times. But anyways, that was supposed to be a little bit of a joke, but didn't land that well. But we would go to the roller rink. Mark, Mark was really good at it. Mark was like Mark was like super roller guy. Mark could literally roller skate. He could go sideways, and he looked like, you know, he had his own TV show. Then he'd go backwards for days, and he just had one foot going backwards. He'd wave at the ladies, and he'd just go to town. I'm over here, like, huffing and puffing, trying my best to keep up. Mark could just fly through there for hours and hours, and we'd race sometimes. The race never happened because it, never, never, it was never a race. To this day, I guarantee you, if he got some roller skates, he could skate. Like like some 80s superhero from the, from the Sonic Drive-In. Mark was, was on a whole nother level. But when you get off of that roller ring and you go, to the, you go to the seat and you take your shoes off, you put your shoes on and you're like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm in. You know what I'm talking about? It feels weird. It's like getting off a treadmill. And I, I, I think, so I hear, and so it's tough sometimes. But when you get off the treadmill, your feet still want to go. 
You still want to go. You know you're supposed to be walking, but your feet are trying to go. You want to stop, but your feet are trying to go. We judge some of these kids, some of these young people, some of these people for them not living what we should think they should live right away. And they've been stuck in this mess all their life. And they're thinking, wait, you don't do this this way? We're thinking, no, we, we should have some grace and some mercy to help them figure out this is the way you're supposed to walk. And just let them know you're going to trip up. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to have moments where you don't, it doesn't make sense, but just go ahead and put one foot in front of the other. And so the Lord chose Gomer. It wasn't man that chose Gomer. Let's get this real fast. The Lord said Gomer. The Lord said take this woman. The Lord told him to get this lady. The Lord said go into the highways and the byways. The Lord said go to the widow and the weak. The Lord said take the attic and pick the attic. The Lord compelled us to do those very things. Said compel them to come. What does that mean? That means whatever you got to do. That means if you got to serve nachos to get them here, compel them to come because they might eat some nachos, but they might catch the Holy Ghost back there. And so we're just going to do all we can do. Amen. Sister Brenda, I can't help but think it wasn't just but a few months ago that we would pray for Zane when you were holding him and he would turn away. But you asked for prayer the other week, and I said, Zane, can I pray with you? And he looked at me, and he said, yeah, you can pray with me. That's the power of a grandmother and a grandfather that keeps on going and keeps on getting and keeps on bringing them. In between catching fish for the fish fry, you kept on loving them. Kept on bringing them to church. Kept bringing them to the altar. Never got used to back. Just kept bringing them to the altar. Just kept on. And and. and the Lord said, I want to put my wings over and I want, to, I want to brace you down in the storm. I want to give you a chance. I want to do all I can. I, I, I wanted to do that like a chick would do her, or, 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 or a chicken would, a hen would, would take care of her chicks. I wanted to give you cover and thank God for people that kept on coming. But God saw something in our heart. Maybe he saw something beyond what we could see. But whatever the case, this Gomer became the unlikely wife of this young evangelist. The early days of their marriage were beautiful and the love was blossoming. God blessed their marriage with a son. He brought much joy to Hosea and Gomer. The boy's name would be Jezreel after a place that was significant in Hosea's family history. It was after the birth of the child that things began to kind of shift in their life. And Gomer now found herself in this unique place not too long ago after Hosea would see their relationship dwindle and began to wonder and suspect different things about Gomer. And soon she would become pregnant. Hosea knew that the child was not his. He would name the child uh, Laruhama. I'm not sure I'm saying that right, but you don't know anyway, so let's just go with it. No sooner had that little girl been weaned than Gomer conceived again. Another boy came into the family, and again, this was not Hosea's child. His name would be Laomi, and it was known. Everyone was aware of Gomer's escapades. Hosea hurt but never gave up and never stopped trying to bring her love in. He pleaded with her in Hosea 2 and 2. He threatened to disinherit her in 2 and 3. But she still ran off with her lovers because they promised to lavish her with material things that quenched the thirst she had developed years and years into harlotry. She could not shake the spirit of that. She struggled with that. But just as much as she had a desire for. She had to find someone who
who had such a love for her. You see, we cannot be a church that says, I'll love you if you love me back. That's all we do. If we're going to mirror the love of Christ, then we've got to love them when they don't do anything for us. We've got to love them when they run the other way. We've got to love them when they seem to go here and go there. We've got to love them. We can't count their attendance and say, well, we'll stop because they're not showing up. No, I'll take one in every six weeks if I've got to. I'll take one in every 12 weeks. Just as long as we keep going, I believe the Lord's going to make a way. He tried to stop her on occasion in 2 and 6, but she continued to seek her uh, companions in seeing in 2 and 7. Hosea would continue to take her back in his loving forgiveness over and over in, in, in spite of all that was said to him and discouraged by him. They would try their love again and again, but Gomer continually would walk out the door and return back to her ways. One day the final word came, I'm leaving for good this time. I found my true love. I'll never come back again. I'll never, I'll never, I'll never make my way back here. It'll never, never happen. You'll never see me again. And this caused Hosea to suffer greatly, and his love was deep, and he grieved for her just like she had been taken, taken in death. His love was great, and his heart was hurting. His, his heart was 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 obliterated by the feelings that he had. And this, while his friends were probably saying, man, you're, you're better off. Good riddance to her. Hosea, you're going to be better off after this. All her ways are gone and you won't have to deal with this anymore. Hosea somehow longed for her to come home. How could his love be so great? How could anyone keep on in this so-called soap opera of disaster? And the answer was in God's instruction to Hosea. He said this, even as the Lord loves. And that was all Hosea needed. There was no choice anymore. Because the reality is, as many times there's a choice in a certain type of love that we're talking about here. We can talk about another time, the different types of love. Many times we... This month is the month of love is love. No, it's not. That's not the same thing. There's a different type of love. There's breakdowns of what love is. The love you have for your wife or your husband is different than the love you have for your children. I wake up every day and I choose to, lose, uh, to, to love Tara. She chooses, and it's a little bit more difficult for, to love me. But I don't ever wake up and choose to love my boy and my, and, and my other boy and Eva. I don't, I don't choose to love them. That's just a natural love. It's going to happen. You would say, well, that's kind of weird. No, that's exactly how it goes. That's why sometimes relationships don't work because there's never a choice. There's just a feeling. You have to have a choice. There's got to be a choice with that. There's got to be a choice that I'm going to love through all the craziness that, brings, uh, that comes about in marriage, but I don't make that choice with my kids. That's a different type of love. The Lord is speaking about a different type of love here. He's saying, I want you to love her with a love that does not require a choice. Even as the Lord loves. So he begins this search. Driven by this indestructible love, a love that would bear all things, hope in all things, and endure all things, he found her. When he finds her, she was not the way he remembered her. She was ragged, torn, sick. Honestly, we could paint a picture that's horrendous, but she was placed away in a back room, and she was the prized possession for cheap, cheap beggars. She now finds herself dirty and destitute. She's placed on an auction block. 
in a filthy slave market. She was a repulsive shadow of the woman that she once was, once living a life of luxury, so to speak, now chained up in literal bondage to her desires and her sin. How could anyone love like this? That Hosea comes and the Bible says he purchases her from her slavery for 15 shekels of silver and 13 bushels of barley. Then he said to her, you shall stay with me for many days. You shall not play with the harlot, nor shall you have a man. So I will also be toward you. Eventually, because of the love, the love of Hosea, her heart would melt and the love would grow and Gomer would be restored to a position as his wife. She now finds herself back in good graces and understanding all of this. It's easy to understand this. If Gomer had loved Hosea, if she had reciprocated the love, if there was a love that was back, if there was a love that was there, and it's easy to see how, why he would do such a thing if she had shown that she cared. But the fact is that she did not. There was not a reciprocating love. There was not this, this question remains. Why would someone do something like this for someone that did not love you back? She wronged him. She shunned him. She lied to him and betrayed him. And then she left him. But he still loved her. With that love, he gave her everything she needed. He gave her all she needed to get back. He was willing to purchase her. He was willing to go to the whatever distance. Hosea is simply this. Hosea is a symbol of God's love toward us. And what I mean by us, I mean you in this room, and I mean those that aren't in this room. I'm talking about those that are sitting at home right now that are literally tied to this church because of prayers that have been prayed by mamas and grandmas and dads and brothers and sisters. A symbol to let us know that he will do whatever he must do to get them back. The, the devil would tell you they've left, they left enough. They, it's over. The devil would say, no, 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 they, there's, there's only so much that he can handle. The devil would tell you there's no reason why you should pray that prayer anymore. The devil would say, no, 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 don't. You ought to give up if there's no chance. But the Lord says to Hosea, I want you to love her as I would, even as I would love. And so we now understand that he takes this assignment and fully embraces it. And shows us an example of man doing what he did. And many times we say, well, that's him. No, we find that man now has taken on this love. Man has received this love and taken this on towards somebody. And, and, and example this in such a way that it ought to wake you up to let you know there's no reason why you should stop praying. There's no reason why you should stop. Uh, uh, there's no reason why you should give up on the prayers and saying, God, touch them. God, do this. God, do that. I believe God. I believe God is still looking and knocking on the door. I believe the Lord is still saying it's worth the price that I have already paid. I believe the Lord desires for all to feel once again that love 
that he has, whether they've never been here or whether they've been here many times, whether they've never been here or they're here every Mother's Day, whether they've never been here or they show up just on Easter or they've never been here or they show up every four weeks, I believe it's worth you and I to say, you know what? We're not giving up. Why? Because we've been tasked this great task of loving them even as he loved. And if he loved that way, then we're going to keep on going. If he loved that way, we're going to keep on singing. If he loved that way, we're going to keep on following him. But we're not going to stone the prophet and we're not going to push away the help that he sends our way because it doesn't look the way we thought it would look like. If it doesn't look the way you're grandma had it, it's okay because Jerusalem, Jerusalem you gotta wake up and know that I've got a path for you tell you, I'm not going to fight it. I'm not going to deal with it. I'm not going to struggle with it. I'm not going to wonder if you approve or not. We're going to follow the Lord. We're going to love people. We're going to serve people. We're going to serve the community. And you can be Jerusalem in the background, but we'll be the church in the foreground. You can stay where you are, but we're going to move forward and we're going to win the community. We're going to purchase every prostitute on the auction block. We're going to pull every addict out of the slums. We're going to lift them up and teach them and love them and Watch God move in a marvelous way. As a hen, as a hen would cover her chicks. We're going to take our nice robes and garments, the things that we see as so directly tied to who we are, and we're going to take these nice cloths and we're going to wrap around snotty-nosed kids and cover them and shelter them. We're going to reach around. There's one child that we brought on the bus or two that we brought on the bus today that I found that their water had been turned off for a week and a half. They had no water in their home. None whatsoever. Let's make sure we do it our way. Let's make sure we got church the way it should be. I'm not mad at anybody. I'm trying to wake up old Jerusalem, old Jerusalem for a moment. Trying to let us realize that there are some things that we're going to have to snap out of a little bit. And realize that we're not called here to make sure we got our feelings all intact. To make sure we all got it together. We're called here to make sure that Rashad is at church. We're called here to make sure that Warren and Brooke make it home from camp a little bit changed. And we don't, I, I know I know they got a long way to go. And I usually wouldn't call on names. Forgive me for doing that. I know they got a long way to go. I know there's a distance to go. But all I know is this, that I can't help but think on a Wednesday night when they had other things to do, that they said, yes, Miss Lisa, we would like to go to church. We're doing something right. We're doing something right. And right now, they're in the back getting a lesson that's from the Word of God. We're doing something right. And as long as we can keep on going in that direction, I'm okay with it. I, I, I desire to love those who have not felt love. God chose Hosea. And he, cho- he chooses him for a purpose and a reason. His name meant that Jehovah is Salvation. I think to help us understand that he brings salvation to anyone that will receive. No matter what you've done in your life, if you'll receive it, you can have it. I strongly, I strongly believe, and I'm going to just kind of let this be known, right? I strongly believe 
is that in the next six to eight months, I believe we're going to see more people receive the Holy Ghost. I strongly believe that. We've talked about it at home a little bit. We've been, we've been up against it a little bit. It seems like we've had a little shift. We've had one year. Do you realize it's been, and I'm not saying, don't, don't get me wrong. I don't want anyone to get me wrong. I'm not pointing back at me. I'm not doing that. I'm not in the slightest bit. I hope you understand that right now. We've come in and been a part of years and years and years of working in this community. Years and years of pouring into this community. And we've just come. And honestly, we, we, threw a, we threw a stick in the spokes a little bit, to be honest with you. There were many that were like, I don't know about this. I don't know what's going on here. I don't know. I don't know about this. And I'm not saying we've come in to try to ruffle any feathers or anything like that. But what I am trying to say is we've come in with maybe a few different ways and ideas but we're not leaving this truth. We're not abandoning who we are. We're not leaving separation. Let me get that out and, and be, be very clear. I could have left that years ago in Houston, Texas, Texas when I was making really, really good money at a really good church in Houston. And they said, hey, we're going this direction. I said, okay, I'm out. I made my decision a long time ago. Let me just be clear with you right now. This is who I am. I believe in this truth. Brother Brett, you're the, one of the best oneness teachers in our movement. And I believe, I believe strongly in this doctrine. I believe strongly in who we are. But it's been one year, one year, one year. And the Lord is shifting and moving us in a place that I believe we've now postured ourselves to get ready for what the Lord wants to do. I believe, I believe in my, with my whole heart that we're going to not see altar calls end with me getting up or anybody else getting up and saying, well, we'll see you next Wednesday. No, we're about to see altar calls where we now have people praying. And if you feel like it's time to go, you can go. But we're not going to close out the move of God. We're not going to shut down what God's doing. We're going to let people pray. We're going to let the Holy Ghost fall. We're going to see times when the waters are stirred on a daily uh, occurrence. I believe that. Why? Because the Lord is stirring us up and letting us know. I've wanted to send people. I've wanted to do these things, but you weren't listening. So now, wake up, Jerusalem. Wake up, Jerusalem. Wake up, Jerusalem. There's a word coming. There's a fresh move coming. There is help coming. There is, there's resources coming. You just keep on reaching and loving and following after me. Don't worry about the negativity. Don't worry about the naysayers. Walk away from them. Shut them out and follow the ways of the Lord. Follow after Him. I believe it right now with my whole heart. They're having, they're having more and more show up at, at Celebrate Recovery. I'm telling you what's happening right now is we're getting a little momentum. You're getting it started, and it's going to take off. I believe it's going to be the biggest event in Arkadelphia. Why? Because it's needed in Arkadelphia. I believe with my whole heart. We're not going to get the credit. He's going to get the credit. But we are going to reap the harvest here. We're going to see it, and, the, and God's going to move in a marvelous way. We're going to see our Sunday services begin to get more and more. You're going to have to scoot closer together. You're going to have to find a way to get a little closer together. I don't know what's going to happen, but I do know this is we're not stopping. I'm not content with busting through 150. And it's not about the numbers. I'm simply speaking about letting the Lord go ahead and do what he wants to do it's not we can't walk in and say well what about this and what about that no I just want to move of God I want God to move I want God to move I want God to move I want him to move in our kids I want him to move in our young marrieds I want him to move in our families I want him to move in our older folks I want him to move I desire him to move so one more time let me read it to you real quick Oh, Jerusalem. Jerusalem. 
the one who kills the prophets. Notice he's speaking to them right now and saying, this is who you are. My people have fallen from me. He's saying, oh, Jerusalem, the one who kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to her. How often I wanted to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you were not willing. Verse 38, see, your house is left you desolate. For I say to you, you shall see me no more till you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. What he's saying is get rid of your own ways. Get rid of your own thoughts, your own preferences, your own desires, your own. There's no, there's no, there's no me in this thing. In this thing. There's no personal preference. We're going to walk through and we're going to simply walk in every, every time the doors are open and say, blessed is he. Why do you do that? You can't look down and say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. You can't look in the mirror and say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. The only way you can truly say that, the way it's written. If you're worshiping, you don't have time to look at those around you. <laughs> if you're looking at him, you don't have time to calculate and deduct those that are around you that are doing it. He said, until you learn to worship until you learn to lift your eyes above the fray, until you learn to get rid of all the junk, until you learn to say, Lord, I want you to have your way, until you do that, you're not going to see me. What he's saying is my praise, the praise of my people, I inhabit that. So you have the power right now to bring me back into your home, to bring me back into your, your, your lives, to bring me back into your meetings. You have the power. But you're not going to see me until you say, blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. We got to walk in here on Sunday with our hands high and say, you know what? I know it's a little bit different in some ways. I know this is different. I know that's different. But blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. I know I've got to take a little extra time, but blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. I know, I know, I know, but blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Why, why, why? Because he's searching for him. Why is it? Because he's going to the auction block looking for him. He's walking into the into the galleys. He's walking into the to the to the deep ways. He's going and trying to find that which he loves. And he said, Hosea, love them even as I would love them. He's telling us, love them even as I would love them. Shake off all the stuff. Quit keeping score. Put a smile on your face. I'm going to say to you, put a smile on your face. Get full of the Holy Ghost. If, you don't, if, you don't, if you're not feeling it right now, you, you better pray through. It's going to be a ride. Let's pray through. Let's go and find a secret place in our own lives. Go get in a closet and say, Lord, I need you to help me. Help me right now, God. And then walk in this house and say, blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. And let's just see if revival doesn't sweep across. Let's see if revival doesn't break out. I believe God's going to move in such a way on Sunday. I believe that it's going to begin. I believe in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, God, I'm praying you move on every heart. I'm praying you move on every life. I pray you cast away any any uh, uh, personal desires, God, and you let us walk you with our hands lifted high, with our hearts resonating with you, God, and our desires on the things that you desire, God, I pray. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen.
I'm going to ask you right now if you agree with me. We're going to take a moment in this altar area. I'm going to ask you to come. As a sign of I'm walking with the, I'm walking, I want the things of God. This isn't a me thing. I don't mean that. I'm walking with him is what I'm talking about right now. I want the things of God in my life. I desire it, Lord. Let your wings cover me. Let your protection be present in my life, God. I pray it in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In your name, God, I pray.